everyone, please relax. We're here. The boys are back, and we're doing another episode of Loud About Nothing. Okay, 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 okay. It's me. It's your boy. It's the fucking hottest dude in the podcast game. The fucking <laughs> mogul himself. That thotty boo body. Okay. Seppi Chianti Sebastian Canelli. Okay. 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 Everyone's wondering, is he here? People. He's here and he is looking fucking cute. Okay. He is looking cute to boot today. The day gets long, but his bedhead stays strong, okay? He may not be blood, but he is my nephew. Give it up for Robbie, boy. Robbie, say what's up. What's up, Sebastian? Robbie, you know the one rule we have for this show? Yes, moguls only. Moguls only, okay? <laughs> we only do the hottest people in the game. We only do fucking moguls. And today, I mean... True today, mogul. We have a fucking star. We have a star. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what to say. I knew her back in the day. I knew her back in the day when we were both nobodies. And now she's a fucking somebody. <laughs> now she's a somebody. It's truly, I am truly blown away and I couldn't be happier for her. No one deserves it more. She literally stars in the TV show Rutherford Falls. Okay. Give it up for my friend Janice meeting. Jana, what's up? <laughs> What's up? What's up? Oh, God. Seb, your Staten Island accent just makes me wet. Yes! <laughs> yes! That's, that's what it is. The podcast. accent in all of the accents. Welcome welcome to episode 69, people. We're uh, doing it. Uh, uh, oh. Jan, I mean, I, I'm gonna be honest. This voice works, okay? This works in the bedroom. This voice. I hate oh, the brand. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. <laughs> you don't um, have to tell. We we kissed. We kissed the one time on stage. You don't gotta tell me. Oh my god, I know. And then we proceeded to uh, pretend to fart for five minutes each. <laughs> don't tell them that. Don't tell them. Don't tell them. Don't tell them. <laughs> to rip ass <laughs> undercutting the whole beautiful moment that we had the, the joke is obviously how we always hold in farts when mm-hmm. you are going on a date and then you know after the person leaves you just go into your car and you just let him fly baby <laughs> you, I get nervous because dates you got a drink right a lot of time people want to have a drink on a date and if I have a beer and I sleep over I don't I don't know what's happening when I'm sleeping. I don't either. It I I stay awake. Like I will I, I don't sleep on a first like not, you know, like on a one nighter. Like I, I don't sleep. It's a bad time for me. <laughs> Simply it's truly the fart factor. Like yes. I will lay in bed and then at like 4 a.m. 4 a.m. sneaks around and I like feel the fart coming and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do with this as quietly as I can. I got to let it go. Otherwise, it'll sneak up if I close my eyes. So uh-huh. I let the fart go. And then I'm like, now I may close my eyes for one hour tops. God bless. <laughs> yes. You only have it. You're only safe for an hour as your body fucking reloads. You know what I'm yeah, saying? It's- once, once you're in REM, it's you never know. You have no idea. <laughs> Rem Rem is ripping ass mode. You know what I'm saying? Ripping ass. <laughs> I mean, Ram. which would be Ram. <laughs> I don't go to Ram. I go Ram. to Ram. Okay? I guess it works with the Staten Island accent. Other people go to Ram. I I hit the Ram. Okay. I, you know what? I say let it. I, there's nothing cuter to me than if if I just if I had sex with a person, 
God bless. And we after we're done, and it's and we fall asleep, and she does a little toot. I think that's cute. Okay, well, I've said it once, and I'll say I've said it before, Seb, and I'll say it again. Will you marry me? <laughs> if you don't take me seriously, I've asked several times. Uh... Wow, you're making me blush. Okay, I mean, I did watch your show, and I go. Wow, let me fucking DM. You know, <laughs> let me DM my friend. Let me go. I go. Hey, remember me? <laughs> You're looking cute on that TV screen. <laughs> and then oh I respond. Uh, I actually don't. I don't really remember you. Who are don't, you? No way. Don't, don't lie. Don't try to seem cool, okay? No fucking way. She was sending winkies, blushes. Don't you dare fucking lie to the people. Listen, I could never. I could never. I am a, like, I'm a proud New York comedy, like, indie yes. comedy, like, uh, loser. Like <laughs> fucking comedy nerd through and through never reached any, like I didn't even reach Sebastian Canelli status out in the, in the New York, like improv scene. And I was good. Okay. <laughs> Much better than me. You had class. You had, I had no class performing. You were a class act performer. <laughs> you would see and go, Oh my God, she could act. And she's funny. You know what I mean? I would get like people would put their hands on their chest during your solo show. And go, oh, no. And then you fucking bust out a song. Okay. You know what? My solo show, I got a standing ovation from a crowd of 50, a sold out crowd of 50 at my solo show. Okay. I was a big fucking deal to myself, but to the community, it was like, who's this weird fat bitch? Who, who cares? <laughs> I love that show so much. Thank you. That, that show was so great. I mean, you know what? I will talk serious for a second. You were one of the first people at the, cause uh, I used to do stuff at the magnet still do. Uh, I think they're coming back live. I'm going to do a show there. Um, anyways. Yeah. It'll be exciting. That um, is and it, yeah. Uh, you were one of the first people you and Lauren were like, and Christian. Okay. A daddy, uh, Christian, uh, you daddy. were like some of the first people to be like, we're going to try really hard. I, and yeah. I like always looked at you and was like, that's that's what I need to be doing. I need to be trying. And you three try. And and sometimes yeah. it was beautiful and sometimes it was not. Dumb as shit. <laughs> Dumb but as shit. A hundred percent. But you always put in effort. And I always looked up to that because you were like a, a, a older class than me. So I always looked up to that work ethic and you just being like, I got to put shit out. Thank you. I really appreciate hearing that. I have a lot of, you know, <clears throat> I don't know if you feel if you feel this uh, in your own work as a as a comedian, but like sometimes there's like some shame behind trying. Like there's like there's like this feeling of like you just got to be naturally talented and, and mm -hmm. everything's a banger, like everything's a hit and you never fail. You're just like a fucking natural, you know. And it's like. Uh, I, I feel that like right now in my career, I'm like, let me like, um, let me pretend like this opportunity to like be on a show was a surprise. Like, let me yeah. tell this tale that like, Ooh, they just plucked me out of nowhere. And, and, and like, it was just like, I had no, I, I wasn't, you know, ready, but I just uh, like confronted <laughs> the challenge. <laughs> like, no, I was yeah. busting my ass for 15 fucking years. It was a grind baby. Yes. Um, <laughs> Like, and this just happened to happen because I was a native woman in comedy and it's a native show. Like it's a native yeah. comedy show. So like 
all of these factors combined. But yes, I, I, I agree. Like part of the fun of collaborating with those people and, and you and everybody in New York was that I think everybody was like, we were on, we were trying. Yeah. We were trying and we were enjoying the the feeling of like working together and collaborating and, and some duds were more fun to work on than the than the really good ones. A hundred percent. Like when we went to your school. Yeah, when oh, we did the um the titty everybody video? wore <laughs> man boobs, whatever it was. Man, you had man a boobs. Dude, I still got the fucking shirts. I still rock the shirts. They made what did you do shirts. for everyone that doesn't know this bit? Oh God, Robbie, who are you, first of all? And second of all, <laughs> I mean, he's cute, okay? He's the face of the who pod. Who are you, okay? young Robbie? Who are matters. you? <laughs> he's the face of the pod? Uh, you got a pretty girl on here person. just to be the face? Yeah. No, I'm not the face. <laughs> the face is literally a big face of Sebastian. Shut up, Robbie. You're the cute boy, okay? All we do is literally what will happen is the episode airs and it's just Robbie uh, moving his lips and my words come out. Okay. That's, <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> it's a chip jam. We do oh, a chip jam podcast. But um, the man, yes, boob man, man boobs was a sketch. We had like a web series that uh, we were, you know, working on independently. And like, I was a teacher at the time in the Bronx. And so <laughs> on the weekend we went in, to my high school in the Bronx mm. and used it to to uh, uh, basically produce this episode of a sketch called Man Boobs and it was like a trailer for a for a movie that was like what if men had boobs and women didn't and men were the ones who were just like <laughs> fucking big tittied uh-huh. insecure you know like, yes. <laughs> and, and whose tits were the biggest I remember us slapping each other's tits in the locker room and stuff like that well, we, I had a blast doing that one oh, that was it was fun. so fun it was so fun and you know what uh, about a couple months later I had to take it down because uh, one of the teachers at the school was like what's this happening at our school men with breasts some comedy video who greenlit this idea and I was like oh fuck now I gotta like save my my job and <laughs> take this video down Damn. uh that sucks that yeah. sucks i i loved shooting those i remember that was like some of the first things i ever filmed i don't think you realize like you don't realize i was like young and like i was oh young. i realized it you realized okay i guess i was thought I that's was... why it was so fun to play with you i mean listen this was like these were the early days baby we'll look yeah. back on those days some i mean i learned so much from making those stupid web series like i all of those skills all of those like little tricks of the yeah. trade and the the inventiveness that you have to have in those early days when you're like funding your own projects and you're writing them for yourselves and you got to ask your friends to come in and you're calling in favors on the editing end like all that shit is like it actually is legitimately how the industry works just with money yeah that's nice money's nice huh money money sounds nice yeah it's uh it's definitely a game changer in my life (laughs) (laughs) you i i remember because you were like one of the first like batches of people that left for LA that was in my uh, like my like when I was it's starting to do comedy it was like oh you guys are gonna go mm. to LA and do it and I remember being scared for you I re- really not, oh not good like, not like that you weren't <laughs> ready I was just like that's just the idea that maybe one day I'd have to do that I, that I was like wow that's like a scary leap but you're also a west coast girl so 
Yeah, I was born and raised in Oregon, so it wasn't, it was actually like, you know, for multiple reasons, I kind of wanted to go west. And that was kind of always the plan that was to like move west. And also, unfortunately, career wise, like in the in terms of comedy, like, if you want to write on narrative scripted TV shows, New York Mm -hmm. isn't always the easiest place. There are some shows that shoot in New York and have their room in New York, but um, it's an uphill battle. Fuck that. Why would you go to the desert to, to fucking plant seeds? You know what I'm exactly, saying? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, I just the desert, Sebastian. Why would you call it? The, 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 New York is the, the desert. desert. There's nothing here. There's just skull and bones and cactus. Nothing. Creating media in New York is like planting seeds in a desert. That's New what York is dead. Okay. <laughs> it is like planting seeds in the concrete of New York. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's so rare that something grows. They wrote a whole fucking book about it. The tree does grow in Brooklyn, but it's only one fucking tree and they had to brag about it for a whole book. Okay. Never read that one, but I'm getting around to it. I'm reading a little bit more nowadays. Okay. I do 10 pages. Well, look a day. at you. I do 10 pages a day. And if I don't know the words, I just power through. But listen, you, this reading is fundamental, Seb. Yeah. Reading is fundamental. Um, but yeah, yeah I will I say mean, that like the, the New York scene is good for like late night if that's your gig. And mm-hmm. it is a lot of a lot of my friends were that was their gig. And and um, and I tried. Believe me, I tried. <laughs> yeah. But nobody was reading these packets. I don't think no. they were that good. No. Also, packets for late night feel like a waste of time, to be honest. Unless yeah, you a lot of someone. packets feel like a waste of time. Yeah. What, what was your dream when you moved out to L.A. at that point? I you didn't had really to... have a clear yeah. goal. Uh, yeah. And... But I, I knew I wanted to, uh, I was hoping to sort of do more live comedy. I was hoping that, like, I would just kind of hopefully plug into the live comedy community in L.A. and that that would be get opportunities there. But I didn't, until I really got there and, and sort of, like, saw the, the scene, like, scoped out what was going on there, I didn't really understand what it it is required of a person to actually work on a TV show. And it took a little bit of like, oh, okay, I see. You got to like write a pilot. Oh, oh, you have to have a couple writing samples. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. and it helps to have like management. Um, Okay, okay. And I, I honestly, you know, when I moved there, I w- I've completely put to bed the idea of performing. Like, as a fat woman, you don't go Which to is, L.A. to, like, audition. I'm so sorry. Like, you are a performer. Like, I, I, I know that you're, I know. you're a writer, but in my heart, when, when I would be with you, I would go, I related to you the most. And I will go, you're, you're a performer at your heart. I know. I Fuck feel the same way. Shit. It's, it's, you know my, it's my first love. You know, I completely agree. I completely agree. I just, I was aware enough to understand what the industry was telling me. And I knew, like, if I were to go in, like, listen, if I had just been auditioning and I hadn't tried to write any samples, none of this shit would be happening to me in my life. Like, the the reality is, is, like, I got into the, I got the job being on this show by being a writer first. Yeah. Um, It wasn't, like... I didn't have like a casting, an agent, you know, like that just wasn't my goal. Not saying that it shouldn't be other people's goals, but I do tell a lot of women uh, specifically who are my friends who are like, you know, 
how do, how do I like break in or whatever? I always say like my way was through my brain and not through my body. And yeah. so much of casting and commercial casting especially is about how oh. you look and how you fit into this like very narrow understanding of what acting is. I mean, I fuck. I mean, for me, I'm going body. You know what I'm saying? I'm doing. I got nice gams. I'm doing all legs. Okay. Fuck yeah, baby. <laughs> fuck yeah. <laughs> fuck yes. Um, I did watch it. Yeah, I'm a fucking smoke show. Okay. And and my manager calls me every day saying, "Are you losing weight, Sebastian?" And I say, "Please leave me alone, please." <laughs> I go, please, please. I go, did you get me any auditions? He goes, are you losing weight? Sebastian, um, do not tell this to me. I will fucking call your manager no. and no, leave bitch him alone. his leave ass him, out. Leave him alone. Leave him alone. We got to leave him alone. I will. I, I saw the fucking, I, I want to bring this up no matter what. I saw that fucking amazing TikTok that someone made of you, of your character, Regan, about like it being a, a character uh, a character of size. That's the term that you prefer to use, correct? Sure. Um, I say fat sure. now, too. Um, either way. Yes. Get it. I, I, I <laughs> fucking get it. 69, right? baby. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, wait. We need an official wait, stance. Wait, wait, wait. We do need an official stance on before, this. Before we talk about this, back. Thing, we need an official stance on if uh, is 69. Do you love or do you hate? Dude, I've never done it. <gasps> okay. Well, okay. <laughs> Okay. For me, I say they always say you don't want to do two things at once. But for some reason, when it comes to sex, they're like, let's do two things at once. Why can't we focus on one at a time and do it right? Wait, are you so you're so you're agreeing? Let's not do two things at once. Let's yes. just switch. Yes, let's just take turns. My thing about 69, specifically for the person on my crotch, is isn't it a crotch here? And then an asshole right above the crotch. Here's now, the some, pe that. some people are into that. <laughs> okay, and I know that. <laughs> Am I into that? The nose in my asshole and the tongue in the mouth on the, the clit. I mean, I don't know. I've never had, I've never done it. But I got, I'm like a little bit weirded out by it. I've been known to eat an ass or two in my <laughs> Okay, so, so I'm a bad. I mean, but also I mean, you're 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 a bad boy. I mean, you're a bad boy. As a thick dude, you can't be saying that you don't eat ass. You know what I mean, bro? You can't be like, you can't be like I eat I eat Burger King, I eat McDonald's, but I don't eat ass. Okay? If you're gonna have no standards, you gotta eat you know standards wise. I'm sorry. As a oh, thick God. dude, I don't have an option. Straight up. I've I've eaten so many probably pigs assholes when I'm think I'm eating calamari. Like who what who am I to say I'm not gonna eat ass? You can't. There's a whole New York Times report about how calamari is usually a pig's anus. So, and for all for all my my listeners, she's talking about galama. Okay, just so I'm translating for the audience right here. Okay, she's talking about galama. Okay, the calamari. That's when I, when I go when I'm in like Wyoming, I go I'll have some calamari. I I adjust for the places I'm in, but on this podcast, it's straight galama. Okay. Oh my god, I have never I'm so how culturally insensitive of me. I had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea it was galama. Is that like a, also like prosciutto and like yeah. oh prosciutto exactly. or like, you know. Yeah. I, yeah. See, I I, under, I understand, but I just I really hadn't I'm learning. Um Sebastian, I'm learning. <laughs> 
So, Robbie, tell your POV on the fucking 69, because this is what he says all the I, time. I'm tired of this conversation. Well, yes, his, young, his logic, Robbie. his logic is you can't do two things at once. And I'm like, Sebastian, I don't think you can call you receiving a blowjob do, uh, doing a thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't that's think true. that's doing that's a thing. True. OK, no, OK, I'm like you're not. And then he says, sometimes I do more work than the person giving me a blowjob when receiving because he's so sensual. <laughs> I'm such I, I let them know that he's giving I more energy them. by receiving it than he is the person who's sucking his well, it's 5149. Okay. <laughs> That's what he said. So I'm like, what? I don't think that's so think. much labor said. You just gotta lay back and enjoy it. I, no, you know, you, you know what? Here's the deal. If you make a big whole show, oh my holy fuck, I never this is phenomenal. And it could be garbage, they'll do it again. They'll do, no one. Okay. If uh-huh, you make a, uh-huh. if if you like this is amazing, then it, you might get some practice. It might be, become. Oh amazing. yeah. That's oh listen, I I, I so know you think this positive so encouragement. Well. Absolutely, yes. absolutely. I used to use this. Um, I used to use this philosophy for sex. Period. I was like, well, I'm never gonna say no if I'm dating somebody and they want to fuck me. I'm never mm-hmm. gonna say no because what if that discourages them from asking again or wanting? You yeah. know. And now I'm like, bitch, you just better keep asking. I'm sorry. Also, (laughs) (laughs) them asking more than once. It's fine. Yeah, like, I'm sorry. You're so fragile. You can't handle one single no, I'm tired or whatever. Like, if you want (laughs) to fuck me, then just keep trying. I don't know. Um, But here's what I will say Have you ever done a little massage chain? This is why I hate a massage chain. Because yeah. you can't enjoy the massage uh, you're I getting see. while you're focusing on giving somebody else a massage. I, I this is a good point. It's it's not necessarily like uh, the ability to do two things at once. As it is more, what are you able to focus on? And I am a people pleaser through and through. It's one of my worst traits as a person. It's something <laughs> that I really hate about myself. Is that I really care. What people yeah. think about me and, you know, oh. making sure everybody's comfortable and taken care of She's a before person. myself. Horrible. Yeah. <laughs> it, has, it has proven to be a very stressful way to live. Yeah. Uh, because I will be more focused on the beach or the head that I'm giving than I will in enjoying the receiving of the cunny. The Connie. I, yeah. <laughs> oh, I felt the band saying that. I never heard of that. And then I felt really awkward saying that. The Connie, you know, Cunnilingus. I, I, I know I, I, I know it's short for but Connie's just been Connie. Uh, no, I don't know. I never again. Connie, honey. <laughs> oh, honey, you <laughs> If Happy you want my Connie, honey, I got the time. <laughs> Willie so Nelson. We had to we had to address uh, the 69 for the 69 episode. I was going to say we were talking about the people pleasing thing all the time. We're on Staten Island and there's a lot of people that have very different (laughs) worldviews. And like you'll like put out like, oh, maybe we're arguing about this worldview. And then I'll immediately be like, I'll try to make him laugh or like we'll try to like. I don't want to have this awkward moment. So like, all right, now I spend the rest of my time after I was like, yeah, vaccines work. Now I'm finding my rest of my conversation is me trying to be funny. (laughs) hundred percent. What's going on? I think it's like, um, 
like a, it's like a, a a trait that we take on you like in big families it's like a way yeah. to like smooth over the tension or the awkwardness or yeah. like you know i think like you know i come from a long line of women who have like pulled their family members out of like really tragic traumatic situations and so it's that kind of like community like caring for the community before the individual that is a very noble trait but when it comes down to the individual taking care of themselves like i wasn't really taught how to take care of my fucking self Mm. so i don't know how to like ask for sex when i want it when i want it you know like i don't know how to be like i could i could if i really tried and i would learn to be like hey this sex sucks. Can yeah. we try it in a different way that doesn't suck for me? I can tell you're enjoying it, but uh, but yeah. yeah, I'm bad at that kind of shit. Sex is yeah, yeah. I mean, I I like whatever the girl likes, because for me, I'm so like, this is amazing in general that this is happening. So I'm like, hey, you you that you prefer this position? Amazing. That sounds wonderful to me. I think boys are. I think a nice boy is open to a lot of suggestion. I encourage. I agree. I I encourage direction. Yeah. I'm a yes. follower in sex. You know what I mean? You tell me. Uh, I, I want to be a follower. I don't want to be a leader. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I. But, you know what? Again, will you marry me? I don't know yeah. why we're dancing around this, Sebastian. Please, I'm I'm fucking vibing on your earrings. You don't gotta tell me twice. Are you kidding? Me? I made them myself, baby. I know you did. They're fucking cute. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, so I this, I don't know. Yeah, I want to talk about this TikTok because this TikTok I saw oh, yes. was amazing. It was I, you don't know the person know. that created it, right? You I, I don't know her. I did go. Somebody, uh, Elena Scopetto, uh, f- sent it to me one morning, and she was like, "Check this out." And I, I checked it out, and she has like, you know, she has like a blue check mark on TikTok, TikTok influencer, um, and and it had like ten thousand likes on, on wow. tiktok which was exciting for me as a fat lady to be like oh people care um yeah, yeah. but yeah what she said was really nice it was basically that like um your character even though you are overweight in the show right uh and not, and not just in the show <laughs> uh, that uh that yeah. you are I, I am a fat person mm-hmm. yes uh that it, you don't address it. It's not the center. Fo- it's not the focus of the show. You still are desired and romantic, and that you uh, you're just a person. And there's and no, there's no jokes about it. There's no, no conversation about no. it. There's we don't address it at all. No, and I love that because there's so. I mean, there's more of that for men, but there's none of that for women. Yeah, and you know, I I I think it is also like a a little bit of a um a departure from other Mike Shure projects. It just goes to show that like, you know, the showrunner of my show, Sierra identifies as a person of size too. She was on my podcast, woman of size. And, and uh, she uh, is also a native woman and recognizes that like, there's a shit ton of native women who look like us and who have similar bodies and like how, how we just culturally, we just need to normalize seeing fat people on screen just living their lives because that's how we are in real life i don't fucking know sure i mean i've said this i remember seeing because there's no I, even as a kid i was i always born fat raised fat uh be fat you know what i'm saying that's my life uh so i remember going to the movie theaters and i watched 
Austin Powers with my friends. And when Fat Bastard came on the screen and they all laughed, my stomach went my asshole because I said, this yeah. is the next four years of my life. Yeah, this is the next. This is this is the get my belly was it. Get that was my it. belly is the joke and where everybody yeah. is going to get fucking played out and they're going to ask you to do it and it's, all of it, you know. Uh, and I would do it because it's the people pleasing bullshit. I, I would do it because I, I if I don't do it, then I'm a loser who can't take a joke. You know, exactly. Whatever. You know, I never got to make fun of Stephen Panarisi that his parents got divorced. You know what I'm saying? If that <laughs> that was me, for some reason that <laughs> was me. And they had a choice. He cheated on her, the wife. They had a fucking choice. I was born this way. For some reason, fucking Vinny Panarisi wants to cheat on his wife because he owns a pizza shop that a lot of people go to. You know what I'm saying? He's tossing free pizzas to all the fucking ladies in town. I can't make fun of that. But they oh, get to say, Vinny Panarisi, fuck you, man, you fucking loser, bitch. Drag him to hell. A hundred percent, yeah. And then he, he fucking left. New, he couldn't even stay in Staten Island. His ass had to move to New Jersey, start a new pizzeria, you know? And oh, I'm come sure on. Same problems all and over again, Mr. You're Panarisi. stuck on fat bastard. Look at fucking Panarisi. He's a fucking joke. God forbid, God forbid. And I, I, you have it, you know? I will say, even before even before they got divorced, Stephen Panarisi did do extra work in the movie Stepmom about the, about the, I mean, it was a layup joke that we all had to keep our mouths shut for the whole fucking movie. <laughs> we had to keep our mouths shut. And also, we were a group of, like, a group of, like, 15, like, 11, 10-year-olds going to see a movie about a mom who's dying. It was, it was just a group of boys not crying around each other. <laughs> As like on screen, they had to address like, "Mommy's died." <laughs> I've never heard of ever. this movie, Stepmom. Susan. Oh, Sarandon. you gotta see it. Oh no, Susan Sarandon. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> you don't. You don't. Julia Roberts. I mean, it's yeah. a classic in my in my uh, in my it's, opinion. But it's sad. It's sad. It's not that sad. I mean, it's just just. I guess it's kind of sad. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> It's fake. It's fictional. Uh, it's fictional. Yes, you're right. Documentaries Documentaries are always much sadder. Let's be honest. Yes. Did, I don't know if you watched the one about the plastic in the oceans that's making everybody, like, not eat any meat or fish anymore. But I'm like, I refuse. Me too. I'm not, I, can't I, can't get, I can't get any more sad, man. I can't. I, I know. I, I know which one you're talking about. Uh, I, don't, I don't. I can't do that. What am I going to do? Whatever I'm trying to, I'm trying to eat. I'm trying to get some omega threes, and now I have to worry about that I'm destroying the world. Exactly. You keep telling me I'm a fat lady. You keep telling me you better switch to ch fish and like some like high protein, low fat things, and then you're gonna tell me that eating fish is somehow contributing to the destruction of the world. Like, choose your battles, people. <laughs> and also, nothing is changing on an individual level. When we recycle, it just contributes to a different problem. The yes. problem are big corporations who are producing the shit and making the shit fucked up. We cannot make any actual fundamental change on an individual level so peddling these ideas to me is just making me stressed out for no fucking reason i know when i'm drinking a water bottle it's a plastic water bottle and someone goes you shouldn't really do a plastic water bottle i want to go i'm trying so hard right now to drink water i'm trying so hard why are you gonna do this to me you know what nobody shames you about drinking soda out of a plastic fucking nope yeah that's bottle. a good point Nope. They don't care. They're like, well, soda, that belongs in a plastic. But water, you should be just, just drinking that straight out of the East River. 
Yeah. <laughs> and then they go, they go, you know how much that costs you every time you buy a bottle? I don't give a fuck, okay? It was the choice between a Diet Coke and a fucking water. And you know your boy chose Coke Zero for this podcast because I want to have fun, okay? <laughs> sometimes sometimes when I want to get a little bit silly during the pan, pandy, oh. pandy wandy, I grab a Coke Zero, okay? You just got to let loose and have a good old time. You still smoke weed, right? Is this? Are we allowed to talk about this? It's legal. Yeah, I, I uh, very occasionally, but I'll be honest, like, uh, yeah. if I smoke too much at, in uh-huh. any one sitting, it is not great. So yeah. I, like, sometimes will take a little on the on the little tutor. Uh, yeah, I, I see you with your little vapies. I see yeah. you hitting the, the vape pen. Nice. And, and, like and I've gotten a little bit into the edibles to, like, go to sleep to knock me out. I mean... I don't know. I used to I used to smoke weed when I would drink and just, you know, pair the two. Yes. Yeah. That yes. was my way. And uh but anymore, yep. I don't really drink that much either. Like it's I That's... I just I've almost become like a very boring sober person. Wow. An exciting sober person. You, you, life is exciting, but I will say this. I remember we used to get crossfaded. We go into that Taco Bell and we'd be getting fucking chalupas. <laughs> oh my God. You know what? I remembered the other day. Oh, this is so embarrassing about that Taco Bell. Oh my God. <laughs> I one time, okay, I had a crush on somebody uh-huh. who you know, I'm not going to name any fucking names because <laughs> I'm humiliated about A, the okay. crush and. Okay. Oh, Just... I actually, a hundred percent know who you're talking about. Don't you dare say the name. <laughs> I will. I will but... Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So one crush... time, and we would go to a bar right across the street, and there was a Taco Bell, and the Taco Bell, the lights were so bright from the bar, uh, it was almost offensive. You, you couldn't you. not go to Taco Bell after the bar. It was the only thing open, um, right by Madison Square Garden. And uh, so, yeah, we were drinking, drinking heavily, as I were uh, was known to do, would go after a show on a saturday night get like have slam like five two dollar pbrs and uh and i was kind of gigging on this fucking nerd that i had a crush on i mean all the people (laughs) i had crushes on it back then were huge fucking nerds so i don't know why i'm planning it on him but you uh, should have talked to some cool boys that's all i'm saying i was over here fucking looking baby i tried I, mean, I, was, I, I was fucking awesome as fuck. I don't know why you were talking all these Star Wars freaks. You know what I'm saying? Okay, person who was married during the uh, time of our of yes. our great, basically yeah. married was, and moved in, baby. A hundred percent. And you know what? Your boy, your boy's hanging out with Stephen Panarisi's dad because he, this kid is divorced. Now, okay. <laughs> Me and him are getting, dishing out pizzas to single moms all over town. <laughs> you know what, though? That's my steez, baby. I love a man on a rebound. I love a man on his second time around with marriage. Yes. Oh, give me give me a man who is seasoned, has opinions, and has maybe a couple kids. I'll take him. Yeah, I, I love, love kids. He's marinated. He's marinated in life oh. and love. Oh, I want a fucking teriyaki husband. <laughs> Give me that sweet marinated man. Um. Anyway, so back to this embarrassing story that I'm about to tell for some fucking reason. I go to the Taco Bell after five beers with this dude. And I'm like, oh, let's go to Taco Bell. I don't fucking know why. And then 
I was going to, oh my God, I feel like I was going to tell him that I liked him on this occasion. I don't know if I actually did. I did tell him eventually and he was like, and eh, not feeling it. Um, <clears throat> so I would that say was this, a the, huge the, blow to my ego, but whatever. <laughs> anyway. The Taco uh, Bell is never the place to get down on one knee. I don't know why you're like, <laughs> this is where I'm going to confess my love. I was so oh god so no so I we go into Taco Bell I'm drunk as fuck uh-huh. we go into Taco Bell I get my Mexican pizza with no meat just beans I get whatever I that was my shit and mm. um we're leaving Taco Bell and I think I was trying to take a picture or something or like do something on my phone I stepped down off the curb that nasty curb in front of Taco Bell nasty oh. curb it's just who knows what the fuck is in that little street water <laughs> grime like taco bell junk the piss of many many a man and woman maybe uh and i i fall i stumble off the curb and i fall on my ass and we're laughing he and i at the stumble the fall and he le- he reaches down to take my hand and i reach up he's pulling me up to a standing position and i farted oh <gasps> It was like a reach up and like a little. I mean, that's permanent friend zone right there. I'm sorry. I know. I mean, that's a lifelong friend though. That might be. Well, you would think so, but I don't know. I mean, I guess, you know, we're not enemies. You're not. Thank God. (laughs) But uh, we also didn't ever bang. We never, we never got to that point. I don't even. I don't know if it was the fart or the general personality. I don't know what it was, but (laughs) either way, never happened. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, you were one of the first people to coin the term "chuckle fuckers" in comedy. I didn't coin that. I learned that term, but I used it in every single goddamn comedy bit because women don't get fucking chuckle fucked. Yes, you would always. You would always go off on. You would always in every show talk about like I don't get chuckle fucked. I just want to get chuckle fucked. I want someone to come see my show and be like. You're funny. I want to fuck you. <laughs> you know, the only person who ever wanted to chuckle fuck me was a fucking creep that was trying to chuckle fuck all these women. And he had to get kicked out of the theater. Ugh. Ugh. You have to do. But so you, you guys, you, men are lucky. You guys get chuckle fucked all the time. I mean, like, you, the just the dumbest ass bitches will come up to you and be like, <laughs> Like, that's how they sound. Why do, why do, why do I like girls that sound like that because that sound only i was attracted to that sound i wasn't not attracted to the noise you just made i can't imagine why i can't imagine why a cute girl who's like oh my god you're so funny tonight after your improv show and just spreads her legs just who gives a shit i can't imagine why you would like the sound of that oh my god (laughs) Oh my god, you're so funny. Oh, oh my god. No, there, there was never a man who like came out of the crowd. Like, I do an improv show and I make a couple good jokes, which is good for me. And then a man just like <laughs> bursts through the crowd, post-show crowd, and walks over. His hair is like flapping in the wind. And he's just like, girl, you were so funny tonight. I mean, I'm turned off by that too. I don't know what's happening. That's pretty hot too. That never happens to women. Nah. 
Uh. Because men don't like a funny woman. It's just so annoying that this is like the the problem in our culture. Like, and every woman in comedy will tell you it's so it sucks, but it's true. I feel like a Joe Rogan saying it. Like, men don't like women in you funny women, <laughs> but it's true. It's I true. Mean, it's so weird. It, it, yeah, I don't know what to do. I can't defend it. I, you're right you would like a girl the person like who's funny 100 i i need to the, i need to date someone that's funny that well, at least could joke I think around the the re the reality is is and i'm sure that you are you're changed after you know after your marriage yes, you're changed course. and you you know better what you want but in the early days uh, you probably didn't want somebody who was your intellectual equal because it's a power dynamic that men aren't used to having s women who are funny enough to craft a joke. You know, it takes yeah. intelligence to be funny. It means you're smart. Yeah. And yeah, so definitely. it's really, th it's really threatening for men to be like, oh, she's smart. She's, I gotta be smarter. No, yeah. Which yeah. is so stupid. I mean, no, I I'm, I I'm on board with someone that's smarter than me. I think, uh, you know what? The only the thing I want most is kind. I mean, don't we all? I mean, yeah, don't <laughs> we all? Is this like all the no other press that you're doing for the TV show? Is this kind of how all the no. other your all your other interviews <laughs> are going? <laughs> no, are you kidding? Have you seen any of my other press? I'm like, native representation is so important because, um, you know, as marginalized people, we really haven't had an opportunity to tell our stories in the mainstream. Mm -hmm. Like this is like. This is Jana Unplugged, uh, Ross, yes. 69er. Yes, the 69er herself. <laughs> oh, my God. It's not tongue. tongue. My yes. tongue is so small. Oh, oh no, baby tongue. <laughs> what is it like to do an interview that has to be, like, serious? Is that hard? Not for me. I mean, I was a teacher sure. for 10 years, so I yeah, yeah, I know how right. to be, I know how to be, like, real and, and legit when i when i have to be and in fact i had to do two uh screen tests for the show and okay. the first screen test i did you know was all comedy sides all the sides were like jokey with ed and i was did a really good job it's really fun to improvise with ed it's really fun to do scenes with him he's just mm -hmm. so playful and uh and then they asked me to come back and do a second set of sides they were like the, these sides are dramatic we want to see uh... that you can do drama and i was like <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah, I worked in the Bronx for uh, 10 years yeah, with you did middle school students yeah. who have severe emotional disabilities. So I'll yeah. no problem. I'll, I'll take the, the drama sides. Oof. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Was You must have been very nervous to do are you were you i mean a screen test sounds like the scariest thing ever to me i've never done any, one of those but you would be great in a screen test because it's like performing for a small audience you know like if you have live performing experience yeah and you go into a screen like when i walked into the screen test it was like the walls were filled with like casting directors execs at nbc you know all of my producers it was like a crowd that wants you to do well. I mean, they want you oh. to like perform for them and they want to see how you are engaging in the scene. But my first screen test I went in oh. and I just really leaned on Ed because I knew that he would be relaxed and he would help me out. But uh, uh, I went in and I, um, actually this is good. there's two really good examples of screen tests, but I went in and I 
I was like talking to Ed as they were like miking me and I was like you know I listened to Dolly Parton on the way over to like warm myself up to like really get juiced <laughs> and he was like oh yeah what song did you were you listening to and I was like Islands in a Stream it's one of my songs like I love that song I always uh-huh. sing it in karaoke he's like he was like so who do you think you are in terms of Kenny Rogers and, and uh, Dolly Parton in that song and I was like well obviously I'm Dolly I mean and he was like, oh, he's like, I always thought I would be Dolly and like maybe you would be Kenny Rogers. And so I started singing it uh-huh. and then he started singing it with me and oh. we were just like, Alan's in and, you know, they're miking us yeah. and whatever. And then I turned to the room of execs and I was like, everybody now, Alan's in. And then everybody started to kind of join in and it was like, this is oh. live performing. This is like how you engage with an audience when you're doing it live. Yeah you just have to be yourself and like be willing to just go in there and be fun and engaging. And then the second screen test, I got into a full on uh, car accident on my way to the second screen test. I totaled my car. Yeah. Oh, wow. I saw the picture, but wait, what, what exactly happened? Because I didn't get to talk to you about this. I um, was, I was driving to Universal Studios where the where the test was which wasn't that far away from where I lived and uh, I was driving like slow I was only going like 15 miles an hour 20 miles an hour and I saw that up ahead people were braking and um, and I touched my brakes and they locked up and it had just rained the night before so it was a wet highway it was like the first rain of the season which they always say in LA like the first rain makes the roads really really slick because they're just like greased with oil and shit throughout the entire year and then you have one rain and all of a sudden it's like an oily highway I never believe that because I've driven in rainy weather my entire life um in Oregon so I was like whatever these pussies going 15 miles an hour and my car locks up i fishtail on the highway and luckily i like turned to my right um and instead of hitting a car in front of me i rammed into a wall on the side of the highway and like both of the airbags exploded actually on the way into the wall i heard myself I, i i just was like all these thoughts happen in my mind which was like Really? Today? I'm going to get in a car accident today on the way to this fucking thing. And I go, I'm driving toward the wall and I go, no. (laughs) That was like what came out of my mouth. No. And then boom, I hit both airbags, you know, driver's side, passenger side airbags explode. I like, I like impact happens. I sit there for a second registering what happened. I look around. Uh, I like touch my body to make sure nothing's broken. I pick up my phone and I immediately call Sierra, my my showrunner, and I was like, "I just got into a like a car accident. I totaled my yeah. car. I'm on the side of the highway. I cannot miss this test." She was like, yeah. "I'm on my way," and so she came and wow. picked me up, and we abandoned my car. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Wait, what happens when you abandon a car? Do they just? Oh my god. There? It's such a pain in the fucking ass. So I basically called the highway patrol when she arrived and yeah. I was like, Hey, here's where my car is. And, and and they came really quickly. And then they were like, all right, we're going to tow it up to the neighborhood. And uh-huh. I was like, okay, I'll meet you up there. And then I just ditched wow. and went they to the thing. So confused. <laughs> like, they were so, they were probably is... so confused. It was a stolen car. They thought, or a, dr- a drug car or some shit like that. Like you were trying well, to like, get away I had from the already... car. 
I'd given them my like information and oh, and so they like had my information and they were trying to call me the whole test. Like I was in the thing and I could see like this the, they were trying to call me and I was like, fuck, dude, this is not boding well. But after the test, I I like went to look for my car. I couldn't find it. And I think that what they did was they like um the the highway patrol and their buddies like use like a really, really random tow company oh. and like towed it way out to like la cienega or like some crazy yeah. like, like yeah. W- way out of place like tow spot because it took weeks to find my car really? it took weeks yeah oh my god i can't believe that you fucking sucked it up and you fucking did the audition even after i fucking that. sucked it up dude and i and i like used the adrenaline and i just went yeah. in there and the show must go on it was very much that energy that live performing wow. energy where you just put the show on rain or shine and then i um and that was also the same week so that was monday of the week yeah that uh the following week was supposed to be our first table read for the show um, that was Monday. Wednesday, we got shut down for COVID. They were like, everybody go home. We don't know when we'll be oh coming back. And then God. the Friday, we're already home. I get the call from Sierra telling me that I got the job. But then it's like, are we even making the show? Of, co- of course. <laughs> so it was Wait, a so wi- it's been a wilder year. You filmed the whole show during COVID? Yes. Mm-hmm. Was that scary, scary to be like out or what? At first, it was a little bit scary, but I mean, the producers were so good about taking care of us. And also, COVID-19 hit Indian country really hard, especially on the Navajo Nation and like some of the surrounding um, like tribal nations. We lost a lot of people from this virus. The stats I saw were uh, heart wrenching, heart wrenching. And, And, you know you know family members people you know are getting sick and so it was like we and and that affected our casting we were really conscious about you know we wanted to make sure that all of the native characters were actually native you know we're not like hiring any you know people who didn't identify as native and who weren't legitimately Italians no No Italians I know they um Yes, they cast so many fucking Italians as natives for years and years. It's horrible. Yeah, a lot of Italians, a lot of Asian American folks. Yeah. Uh, it is just a thing that Hollywood has done. But because we had so many native writers, we were able to like legitimately just hire people we knew. Um, and Bobby it was Dews. shout out Bobby, Bobby Dews, Bobby Wilson, uh, as yeah. you know. Um, and yeah, the uh, so it was it was very it was conscious effort on the part of the producers to be like we can't legitimately fly anybody in who's gonna like potentially get exposed on our set and then like fly back to their reservation that's just truly unsafe and sierra and the producers were just like adamant like safety first if if there's if the numbers go up we're gonna take a high yes we're gonna take a break you know and like if people yeah like they had very strict protocols on set and so for that reason i felt really really taken care of really safe and people were like, oh, this is such a unique experience. I, I can't wait for you to experience, like, um, what it's like when it's a non-COVID production. And I was like, yeah, what? what tell me, like, what, what is it like? And they're just like, <laughs> I, there, there's food trucks. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> there's food trucks. That's it. There's just food trucks. So people can just handle your food, I guess. Like we still had crafty. We still had everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, 
I guess there's food trucks when you the don't have COVID. Stuff more. Yeah, you don't yeah. have to wear a mask <laughs> when you're sitting around, and there's food trucks, I guess. So sounds magical. Oh my god. Oh my. What is it? Do you feel? I have a question. Do you mm-hmm. feel kind of famous? I don't know. Not really. I don't. I always imagine fame felt like. Uh, you like are able to buy a pool, a house with a pool. I guess I equated fame with money. I agree with I, that. I think that yeah. is. I think house that's the, the perfect. Pool. Everyone's in thoughts. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yes. <laughs> Men, the women. Yeah. Men, every yes. single person is hot and in thongs. You have a pool oh, yeah. and you're just on a balcony. I, I guess I'm just imagining uh, the Elton John movie. I guess. Uh, yes. 100%. You're just partying all day. You're just like, oh, Cavassia. I don't know. Whatever yes. you drink when you're like rich. But like, that is not the case. Like, I am definitely, I can, I'm like living in a rent control department in Los Angeles still, and I'm like gonna keep living here as long as I can save. Um, yeah. I, the, the price, the, the like cost of living out here is like, it rivals San Francisco at this point. It's so expensive in LA right now, and Jesus. I don't know. I'm not, I, yeah. This is like my only gig and it's my first gig. And while I feel like I am in a much more stable, financially stable situation, um, Uh I'm not quite famous yet. I will say that like, I don't know, some comedians that I, and comedy people and like people that I've uh, like followed on social media and followed their careers for years and years have started following me back, which is, makes me feel really cool and special. That's like a fun thing. Yeah. Yeah, I got like, to interview well, Ava DuVernay. This is, I mean, this is all exciting. This is better than the pool, to be honest. I agree. All I agree. I, I didn't understand what it meant to, to like, have. I, I think what is happening is my career arc is different than what, uh, like, a famous, you know, what a classically famous celebrity's arc is. In that, like, the yeah, things yeah. that I care about in my career, I am executing and I'm like, you know, ticking off a lot of things on my like, uh, career bucket list. My like, you know, like, yeah, like getting to work with Paul F. Tompkins and getting to do a show with Ed Helms. I I never would have thought that that would be in my plan, but it is. And that's major to me. Are you, um, this is a question that I'm sure everyone that's interviewed for press has already asked. Are you getting crazy DMs from people now that are you getting are you uh, getting chuckle fucked? Are you getting chuckle Fuck fucked no. now that it's uh, uh, <laughs> wait, wait, no, you can't no way. <laughs> no, wait, you have to be getting DMs. You ha- I do a podcast and I get DMs. Okay, so you have to This be is my DMs. fucking point, baby. Is that men get men do nothing. Men do yes. fucking nothing. <laughs> let me show you, let me show you something. I'm gonna pull up a picture. I'm gonna okay. pull up a picture for you right now, and I'm gonna show you what life is like to be a to be a woman entertainer versus a man entertainer. It's so different. Because I would imagine it? that that it would be wild right now for you in the DMs. No, Sebastian. I don't know. I guess I don't know. <laughs> She's like. I guess I don't know. I'm, I'm not only am I a woman I'm a native woman nobody knows any native people also I'm a fat native woman hold on uh I mean, who, 
Who was Harry Styles? Who that? What, what was the group he was in? One uh, Direction. Yeah. Here we go. Wow, I love this. I love this question. For, while we're looking through <laughs> the phone, the group, this is Harry the, the most enticing question you can ask. Okay, describe this image. Describe okay. it for the listeners. It seems that they're all the men are just wearing black normal clothing. <laughs> They look like they could be going anywhere almost. The yeah. movies. The more... men are One Direction. The men in yeah. question yes. are the, yes. the members. And who is of this? What is Lady Gaga wearing? Is she just wearing whipped cream? What is she exactly? What wearing? is she wearing? She's wearing uh, some seashells and some flowers on her crotch. Barely anything. Probably fake. A lot of fake hair. I can tell that's a bunch of fake hair in there. Wow. Just, Barely just doing clothes. the most. This. And everyone else went to Target for their outfits. It looks like, you know? Thank you. This is the reality. And let me tell you, I mean, I'm sure Lady Gaga is getting some DMs, but like, I'm not even that close, close to being that hot. Yeah. So uh, like. Well, then no, no, do not put that. I'm tired of you putting that energy out in the world. Okay. Can I say this? Okay. I believe okay. in putting energy. We need to be saying we can't be. I call okay. myself hot. I call myself a mogul. I live okay. in my parents' basement. You need to stop saying you're not as hot as Lady Gaga. Let me, let me change what I said. I'm not even close to being that thin. Okay. I mean, that's. Because nice. now the, the, now the onus is on. The world, yes. right? So, like, I love that. I love that. So, so now you got to check yourself and your biases. I am a beautiful woman. I know I am. I'm attractive. I've I've yes. gotten laid many times, but like, <laughs> but the standards are so incredibly different. The double standard is a fucking, it's a shit show. Okay, I could I could be the funniest bitch alive. Yeah, and I would never get DMs. I. I... I, mean, I asked a dude out on a date recently who is not a comedy person, not in the entertainment industry, and he uh-huh. was charmed for the three dates that I set up and then never heard from him again. Oh, that's Ew. brutal. I hate that. I hate that. Are your DMs open? Yes, baby. Okay. Okay. So, baby. Okay. <laughs> yes, baby. <laughs> we, I mean, it's good to just put that out in the world now. Now that's out oh, the yeah. world. The DMs are yeah. open. Right? My DMs so, are open for anyone who is a thoughtful, kind, yes. Uh, yes. Uh, like uh, non-abusive person Beautiful. who who may or may not, but hopefully is in therapy. You know, yes. doing some self work. Yes. Do not say yes, Robbie. You piece of shit, <laughs> Robbie. Always fucking does this shit. He always goes. People should be in therapy. Ask him if he's in therapy. I'm Ask not, him. But I think it's don't a you nice fucking dare. <laughs> All right, she said working on yourself. How do you Open work to on working yourself? on yourself. You, you lift what, at the what gym? I, I would love to know how both of you are working on yourself. I would love to hear that. I love hearing about men working on themselves. It makes me horny. <laughs> I'll tell you how I work on myself. Okay, here's the deal. Every single every single week, I go to therapy. I go to cognitive uh, behavioral therapy. I constantly, uh, I have four alarms that go off on my phone every day where I do an emotional check-in with myself to see where mm, I'm at status-wise. Mm, I meditate 10 minutes every day. I read 10 pages. I take a 45-minute walk. I fucking go to the gym. I lift, and I try not to fucking binge eat. Oh, uh, <laughs> Sebastian. How, how is that I not mean, that's the biggest flex. I mean, will oh, you marry me, <laughs> Robbie? Wait, I will show this. That's my wall. 
That's a fucking checklist every day for me is to try to accomplish. Is that some goal setting? Yes. Every single fucking day I'm looking at that wall checking shit off. And then I, mean, I have career goals on top of that. Babe. Yeah. I'm proud of you, baby. Oh, thank you so much. Robbie, your turn. Your turn, Robbie. <laughs> your turn, fucking Robbie. <laughs> um, I mean, we go on the walks together. We go on the walks. Okay. We go to the gym. I mean, I don't, like emotionally, I don't know. I haven't. Are you doing anything else besides for the body? What are you doing um, up here, bud? What am I doing up there? I mean, I quit my job to like, I was, was it, anxious. Was it a horrible? In- it was okay. a bad, I was in a bad situation with that. I was just like living it, in the you woods. You make it sound like you're working. Myself. No, you make, you make it sound like you're working, like dealing poker games to the mob, bro. He I was working at, at a bank. bank. He worked at a bank, okay? He wasn't that, that sucks. Bank. In well, a job that I was like, like maybe, yeah, I was anxious every day. I was in a relationship for a long time. I haven't been, I, haven't, I don't even go on dates. I'm like, Trying to re like he's good with understand. That. I'm I am thoughtful like doing all those things. Yes, to see, some degree. I, I I'm see. like trying not to make make sure I don't harm anyone. I don't get into fight. Like I don't argue anymore. Today we're at the gym. These people are kind of reckless, and you just try to like, all right, take a deep breath. I'm not gonna get into an argument. <laughs> but right. I am not. You um, are an angel. In therapy, I try okay, to be a decent person to the people around me. You are doing what I would call um, the basic yes. human thing, <laughs> yes. which 100%. honestly is, is like a huge, weirdly a huge step up from most yeah. men. Yeah, um, yeah. And I, I, I like, I really think I, I applaud you for your basicness. And also I encourage you <laughs> to take it one step further and go deeper in, you know, I do. Too. I gotta go. I gotta go deeper in. Yeah, he said he was going to read a nonfiction Sometimes. book. He, he we're, I was like, I'm, I'm reading nonfiction books, yada, yada, right? He goes to read a nonfiction book. You know what fucking book the kid chooses? Tell him the nonfiction book that's supposed to make you grow. Well, it was grow the book, the only book I had access to at the time. Shut it was up. Will Hines' How to Be the Greatest Will Improviser Hines's. on Earth. Will Hines' How to Be the Greatest <laughs> Improviser. And, w- and within hand reach, I have power source taking charge of your life. Okay? Like, like <laughs> What I'm dealing with. He's, he's, I read a lot of articles. I like try to become more like name, understanding. Name, name an article. Name an article. I okay. mean, I read a ton of articles every day about what happens. Read articles and then they can't fucking name a single article they read. Name an article. Just one, bro. Just name one article you've read. I'm reading like. <laughs> In the past month, name an article that you read. I've been need to reading those. about the conflict in between Israel and Palestine and like point of views from the Palestinians and like re- trying to understand like Good. what the IDF does and like wh- how these people I'm like trying to like read about things that are happening in the world and try to like that kind of stuff. I read staying articles. informed, staying, staying informed. informed about Again, like, what's just, going on. You know, so, I mean, yes. uh, this is not shameful at all, but it, it is the most basic. This thing is the basic. I'm do. not. <laughs> But I do think it's attractive to someone who is open to like always working. I mean, if I have friends that aren't necessarily always in therapy, but they'll like check themselves or be like, yeah, just the the concept of checking yourself is attractive. Well, and you know what I love is that you two do this project together to hetero. I'm going to assume you're hetero, Robbie. I don't know your your story, but, you know, I mean, he's hetero, but he's got feelings for me. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Yes. And for early. that we stand. Uh, 
So do I. Uh, you're an attractive guy, Seb. So uh, don't put yourself down. Uh, so, but I love that you're doing a creative project together. You are exploring your, you know, you're combating your masculinity together. You're yes, on these, do doing do this together. And that is something that I find is so also so true for men is that it's like a lot of times, and maybe this is not true for Staten Island. Like, I feel like there's like small sex, uh, sects of men who are better at this than others. But yeah. um, to have like a deep emotional connection with other men that is like vulnerable, to be able to be vulnerable with each other is something that I do not see enough of. And you know what sucks about that? Is when you aren't relying on each other emotionally, you take it to your women. And the women bear the brunt of that shit. And it's just an extra layer of labor that we're doing. A thousand percent I've leaned on female friends. And I've, I've, female friends I'm not even that close with. I will tell them, I will tell them darkness that lives inside of me that I won't tell my best friend. Testify. I mean, I know, and I know it's a problem. And like me and my best friend will maybe have a conversation once, once a year. That's real. But most of the time we just sit around and we're making fun of stuff. Which, right, but right. it's, it's, I was never like, like me and my dad, we hug, but we do like eight pats on the back when we hug. You know what I yes, mean? Yes, it's more hitting. Yes. It's more like we're just hitting each other close, <laughs> right? Than a yes. hug. Yes. I think it's true. Like what you're saying right now, like it comes from our parenting. It comes from our culture. It's all, it's not, you know, I, I never blame the individual. You're trapped in the cage of masculinity for Christ's sake. I was saying this before uh, you came on the pod. I, I love your relationship with Ed Helms on the show because it is, has this openness that you speak at, to right now like ed helms could be the bad character on the show but you have so much empathy and love for his character as an individual well and how and, many pe- how many men in my comedy career in my yes. life have i had these exact kind of friendships with 100%. i love my male counterparts i love my guy friends i've always had them in my life now have yeah. they've always been the most woke like you know honorable Probably people not. no but none of us are you know shout, we all out, have shout out to jamal faults. shout out to jamal <laughs> I, i'm sure jamal's gonna be listening to this one okay <laughs> shout out to my boy jamal okay. shout out to fucking jamal <laughs> get your shit together jamali mall okay uh <laughs> I had to throw him under the bus. You know, but sometimes... I love throwing Jamal under the bus. Oh my I God. love I love Jamal. I mean, I love all my friends, but like, you know, yeah. it's really hard as a woman, I think, to walk through this world giving oh giving so much to your male friends and getting so little in return. And that's the paradigm we live in. Is that when yeah. I have shit that I need to talk about, I'm not really going to my emotionally available guy friends because they're not that emotionally available they're not they're not like taught and trained how to be like that i go to my girlfriends yeah no (laughs) anyway i know i'm totally thinking about like when i went through my breakup i literally like would go i like i'm friends with this woman and she's phenomenal and i would go i would be like let's go can we go to the diner and i I would just talk and i know she need uh, like i don't she would be okay with that but I'm just thinking, I'm like, wow, I did put a lot on her mm-hmm. during that time. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm open to talking to like if a dude wants to talk to me about something serious, like I actually am pretty serious. 
Yes, I, you I, are. I think that you are like a really great person, and especially as a person who has you express your vulnerabilities, you sort of wear your heart on your sleeve, Seb. But I would also acknowledge the fact that you, as a uh, as a man of size and growing yes. up, have had to make yourself vulnerable and available to your more masculine counterparts because uh, of the threat of not having those relationships otherwise. A hundred percent. I've had to, it's, I had, there had to be more to me because there was more to me. Oh my God. Is that a quotable? Oh my God. <laughs> pull it, that's the pull quote, baby. <laughs> Put it on the gram. No, but there are a hundred percent. I didn't feel like enough and I had to either be funny or I had to be able to like provide, like be able, we could talk seriously or I could help you with the homework or I could do this. Right. It, yes. There was because there, I was, there was something a little bit different about me. Mm -hmm, in a way, mm -hmm. which sucks. I always say it was like I I had to I was so big I couldn't hide. So I had to hide in other ways or like mask yes. myself in other ways. Or you and just I, have to make yourself so lovable and yeah. so available that nobody could that nobody could hurt you. And, th and that's what I've done, too. Like I've been 100%. playing this this I've trained myself to be that's why I'm so good on interviews. I'm so good at being like, I'm the nice girl. I'll give you any answer you want and I will tailor it to who you are and I will do all these things because I'm used to doing that for people. Yeah. Yeah. Are you bringing back your podcast? I would like to. It's just a lot of work. I mean, I know you guys know, but like, sure. a podcast yeah. is a fucking lot of work. Your podcast was great. People should go check it out if they want to hear uh, people talk about this, uh, like go in depth about topics like this. I would listen. And I, I loved your podcast because, I mean, there aren't I mean, there's no men speaking about the stuff uh, that you spoke about. Also, like I relate to women on that regards when I have to talk about mm -hmm. my fucking eat. Shut up. Oh, uh, when I have to talk. <laughs> what was that? My dog barking. Uh, when I have to talk about like. Your mom. We keep it. We keep. It. Yeah, it's my mother. I, are you kidding me? I, I would never speak to my mother like that. Don't you dare even put that word in. Fuck don't, no. Don't you even dare. Did you ever get oh, to meet my mother? No, but I feel like your mother. Like I know her simply by the stories you tell, and like I also, I would never live to see the day that my uh, telling my mother to shut up. It would never. fucking never happen. Ne I would never fear of God. Her. Fear no. of God. <laughs> what was so phenomenal about your podcast w was like I got to like it doesn't matter gender at, at a certain point when because those are issues that I don't get to talk to about with anyone else. And I remember like talking to you about like I love listening to this pod because I get to like ha like hear these other people go through this same shit that I have to deal with. And I don't think dudes yeah, talk about that ever. No. And you know how many dudes are struggling with their bodies? I mean, I look at like, you know, I think women are often pegged with like, you know, mm -hmm. only women have eating disorders or only women, you know, struggle with our weight or whatever the term is or, you know, yeah. are dieting. But that's not true. You see men at the gym for six hours a fucking day. Men are stressed. Yes. About maintaining a, an image. 100%. It's it's can you imagine living with that kind of thinking like your entire life is dominated by your fucking CrossFit friends? Mm -hmm. Lord there's a, God, there's there's a guy at the gym and he must be he's tiny. He's five nothing. And you've never seen someone angrier lifting weights because it's it's he's just building wider. He just wants to become a chode. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, have to say it. I mean, 
I mean, I, I'm speaking body positivity and then calling a man in the show at the same time. This is the duality. Uh, this is the duality <laughs> of Sebastian, okay? But I, I mean, I, uh, he is fighting something. You know what I mean? Oh, he, yeah. A hundred percent is like he's overcome the way he screams and throws the weights on the ground. It's like, look, I'm just as manly as other people that might be taller than me. Yeah. Yeah. I think like a lot of times, you know, uh, gym culture can have the same kinds of like, like pressures and, and stressors as diet culture. And uh, definitely I still haven't been able to get back to going to the gym because I find it to be like such a intimidating place to work yeah. out in front of other people. Like that I to know. me is like terrifying. Every time after we're done at the gym, I say, I literally say to Robbie, cause he goes with me. I go, I'm just as, I'm just, I seem like I belong. I literally say it all the time. I go, I look like I work out and literally no offense. I'm throwing up more weight than fucking Robbie, but I still <laughs> have to say this to Robbie because I'm insecure about it. Like, yeah. like I'm putting him to shame. He's looking tiny as fuck. I'm fucking looking yoked. I'm throwing up weight. And then afterwards, I'm just like, I did good, right? Like, I still need to be like, I belong there. Because yes. I don't So that feel place, like... the place we go is a little wild. It's a little toxic. A it's little very toxic. toxic. You, you, you go to a deep Staten Island. We're going deep Staten Island. Yeah. Oh, yes. yeah. No, there's 100%. nothing but toxicity in that yes. environment. No. Oozing out. 20, 25% off if you have a Blue Lives Matter shirt on. Okay. That's the <laughs> spot. The person <laughs> who made me a smoothie the other day had three Blue Lives Matter bracelets on. <laughs> so it, is, what... it is actually the precincts yeah. gym. Yes. <laughs> maybe. It is, uh, it is wild. Oh, but God. there is like a weird feminine. We've talked about this before. It's an interesting place. And yeah. they do. I think we'll walk. We'll go on walks and you'll talk to somebody and they'll they're first reaction is to be like kind of standoffish but people do want to just connect and be like laugh yeah yeah, yeah. it's like yeah like it's i remember like, we, that happened the other day sebastian 100 percent. yeah on happens. a walk yeah, yeah there was some guy wearing he was it, literally this guy he was wearing a knicks hat a fucking <laughs> an orange like collared shirts and then a blue shorts he looks like he works for the knicks he literally, and then he had his socks all the way up with Jordans on. And the Knicks just got in the playoffs. So I go by, I go, go Knicks, as we're on our walk. And he goes, he, he turns around, he shakes, wags his finger in my face. He goes, oh, no, no, no. I hate basketball. That's what he says to me. Wearing all basketball gear. He goes, LeBron James ruined basketball. And then <laughs> that's what he says because of fucking some political shit. And I go, well, then, man, you can't wear the fucking gear. I go, you can't you can't have both. You can't wear the gear and say you hate basketball. You either no. do one or the other. And no, he, you can't be anti-Asian American and be yes. eating at the Chinese food <laughs> restaurant every other fucking day. I'm sorry. You cannot no. have both. You can't. And this guy wanted both. And I had to tell him. And then he left and he goes, you're right. You're right. I was all excited to see Sebastian. Again. We saw him back on the second loop around. He goes, you're right. You're right. I was thinking about it. You're right. You're right. And it wasn't, you're right, I'm going to start like a basketball. He right. goes, I'm going to stop wearing this. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I've made someone completely switch over to the dark side, I guess. I guess I'm doing more damage out here than good. But Oh, my God. I love that story. <laughs> I'm, I'm so happy that we got to talk. I miss you. <laughs> I, miss I miss you too, bud. I miss yeah. you, Robbie. This was so nice. I love your show so much. I'm so excited to see what's happening next uh, with everything. I mean, this is phenomenal. Um, 
And uh, is there anything you want to plug besides uh, Rutherford Falls? Everyone, please go watch it on fucking Peacock. Stop fucking around. Get fucking Peacock. Watch it. Fucking make videos. Promote the fucking show. It's the real deal. I watch it. And I go. I was saying to Robbie, I go, I kept going, this is big. This is real. This is, I kept saying, like, <laughs> I don't know why. It just was so professional. Sometimes, like, I like to, no offense, TBS or something. I was like, I was like, this is like a, a network a real sitcom. ass production. Yeah, this yeah. is like yeah, a, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they put I, I a lot like, of money behind it. <laughs> yes, there's money behind it, and you can tell. So everyone, stop fucking around and go watch the show. Is there any? Well, I will else give you. I'll, I'll give you a tip for those people who are you know hesitant to to yes. get another streamer is with Peacock. If you haven't yet uh, tried the the, you can see the first three episodes I think uh, for free. But then they're gonna try to hit hit a paywall. But uh, you can do a seven-day free trial. You can binge the show yes. during the free trial yes. of seven days. You can easily binge. It's very bingeable, yes. 10 episodes. 100%. It's beautiful. So, uh, Is there anything else that you want to plug? Do you, do you want to plug uh, your uh, your earrings or sell that sort of stuff? Are you still selling I that? I haven't really been selling them that often. I don't have that much time. But I don't know. Sure. Follow me on the socials. You can listen to my podcast if you like. If you're into that kind of thing, deep conversations about our bodies and weight stigma, that's Woman of Size podcast. You can check it out wherever you listen to podcasts. And also my socials is Jana Unplugged on Instagram and uh, Twitter. Beautiful. Robbie? No, just this podcast. We did do a podcast episode with Bobby, who's also a writer and on the show. Yeah. I did. I listened to that. He's so funny. He is. That's my my brother. Much. uh, We've evolved. The podcast has become something much more different at the beginning we we're like let's make it structured and now i said let me just let's just do whatever <laughs> <laughs> well this is beautiful all the hotties out there thank you so much for fucking giving us love thank you for fucking rating five star reviews please keep writing those five star reviews keep calling in we're going to be taking more calls on our solo episodes um all right robbie hit the fucking music <laughs>